by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. And we're back for another week of Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. And this week, we're talking with Janet and Jeff again about ice fishing. Last week, we talked a lot about ice fishing safety and with lots of hog derbies and ice fishing derbies and tournaments happening now, it's always a good time to go and refresh your uh, safety rules and uh, ideas. And you can do that by listening to last week's show in the My Country 95.5 app or the K2 Radio app. Janet, we've got lots of fishing around this area and with the ice now looking pretty good, that uh, things are looking good as far as anglers. That's right. Winter is here and you used the word refresh, Drew. And that is something that we all need to do as we started our conversation this morning and you pulled out your 2020 fishing regulations. And here we are in 2024. We have such great news um, for your winter fishing regulations. And we want to make sure that people are using updated regs and so everyone is in the know on the latest and greatest yeah and and i googled about some fishing regulations and ice fishing in wyoming and that's what popped up so make sure you're checking out the right ones and you can always go and get all the regulations in the wgfd.yo.gov fishing section of the website to get those regulations and one thing that I really wanted to, to bring up is if last year you went ice fishing and that's when you bought your fishing license, you probably need to look at the date on there. Well, you do need to look at the date. And just to remind folks that in recent history, the Wyoming Game and Fish Department did go from calendar year. So if you bought it in 2023, your license was only valid in 2023 to a 365, right? So from the day you purchase it, it is valid for 365 days. So if you went fishing last, you know, January 1, you need to make sure that you buy it again on January 1 or, you know, whatever the date happens to be. So make sure that you do check that as well. Very great um, reminder, Drew. Thanks for that. And, you know, I, I like with the way that you can do things online now that you can prepay for that and it will automatically go into effect. Absolutely. It is um, a lot of uh, great things that you can do through our um, ELS, our electronic licensing system that, that is really great for folks who just want to do some of that stuff online. We, uh, we're bringing Jeff back in this week and Jeff uh, gave us a lot of great information last week. And uh, this week we want to talk more about what people are going to be catching and how they're going to be doing it when they're out on the lake. Because I would say catching fish on ice is a lot more difficult than catching fish out of a boat, wouldn't you, Jeff? I don't know. I, I'd say it's pretty evenly split, in my opinion, because it allows you to get to those same kind of places. Like, you can get out kind of far, and um, at that time of year, fish are a little bit extra hungry. Even though their metabolisms are low, they're just not a lot of bait fish in the forage moving around. I think the difference for me, Drew, and I feel like you are spot on, is the difference between a nice, warm, breezy day in the middle of the summer fishing versus standing on frozen water and freezing my rear end off. You know, it does seem like a lot longer between those catches for sure. 
Jeff, you work very closely with all of the the fisheries around the Casper region. So I'm sure you hear stories and and you've been out researching and and doing all kinds of testing and and probably know a pretty good idea of a hot spot of where fish are during the summer. Do you go and you find those fish in a hot spot in the same spot during the winter? No, they start to do a little bit different things. Some of those fish that would be out a little bit deeper, chasing down colder water in the summer, move into the shallows and they start to look for the the warmer, if you would say it's warmer water, that's a little bit more in the sunlight. And that's also where when bugs are coming up, even in the winter months underneath the ice or leeches are moving around, it's, it's happening in that shallow limnetic area underneath you know, 10, 15 feet of water, as opposed to maybe 40. So it is kind of interesting that you also got to have basically two ledgers. If you're, you know, keeping record last year, are you going to find the same uh, activity in the same spots as you would, you know, the previous years? Yeah, my, my family, we keep like a little fishing journal. My father-in-law does the same thing and we'll go back to the same places and the fish might not be in the exact same spot, but you can kind of use that as kind of the center of the bullseye from which to spread out and uh, start drilling holes in other directions. Or if you've got electronics like a Vexlar or any kind of other name brand deal, you can start to hunt down where those pockets of fish might be. Now, when someone goes out and say I'm, I'm out with a buddy, how many holes can I actually put in the ice and, and to make that easier I guess we could look at the, you know, the restrictions. That would be a good way to figure that out. But, you know, there are different places around the Casper region where you can have a few more lines than others. Yeah, and so that's one. I actually get that question almost every year about how many holes and size a hole. The state of Wyoming doesn't, I know this one pretty well, it doesn't have <laughs> a, a limit on the number of holes or the size that you can cut. There are states out there like Minnesota and I think some of the Dakotas where it limits it to an eight inch hole and, and so on, um, but not the case in Wyoming. But the deal is for most places that you fish through the ice, you can have two lines. And then there's a certain list that falls under the special winter ice fishing provision where you can have up to six lines. There's like 28 different lakes across the state uh, that you can do that. But if you have six lines, your name and contact information has to be on on those lines and you have to be the one that's actively checking them. They can't be checked by friends, like in a group context. And actively is the key there. You need to be, um, you know, in pretty close proximity. I think 300 yeah. feet is the the recommended, recommended distance. And so you have to be, you know, watching those for um, fish activity. So don't forget that part as well. And, and Drew, um, we're going back to the regulations on all of this, right? No matter where you are, the regulations can be different. The number of fish, the type of fish, the number of tippets, uh, the number of fish that you can keep, everything goes back to the regulations. And as we found out earlier today, your 2020 regs are vastly different than your 2024. So we wanna make sure that you're always checking where you are and the accurate year. Jeff, you work, again, at all these different fisheries, and you work with the different species of fish that we have in our waters. Do you find that there's a breed that, that will, or a species that will do a little better in the winter than they would in the summer? You know, in terms of fishing success, it, it actually comes down to sometimes time of day. You get a little bit out there early and or in the very like late evening, right before sun, uh, full sundown, and the walleye bite can really take off. But in the middle of the day, sometimes they're they're a hard nut to crack. 
And at that time of day, the trout will be kind of like more actively cruising around and sometimes in fairly even shallow water. You know, a lot of people at Alcova will fish back in like Oki Bay or Black Beach, Cottonwood Bays. And even in the middle of the day, they're catching trout in less than six feet of water. It's really interesting how you have your warm water or your warm weather fishing and your, your ice fishing. And I noticed that you don't see a whole lot of people out there on the ice as much as you would out on the lakes during the year. But between the two, is there a difference in the creel limits? Can, can you have the same amount in the summer as you can in the winter? No, they would fall under the, the whatever the lake regulation is for the species and the size of those fish. You know, the, whether they're caught through the ice or over a boat, the the limit for Glendo, for example, is the same. It's six fish and they all have to be over 15 inches for walleye. And, you know, if you're in Alcova, you could have 12 with no size restriction. But it whether or not they come through a hole in the ice or over the gunnel of a boat wouldn't make any difference in that particular case. So it, it really is a, a, a great reason for you to go. And you can download the regulations on your phone. And, and that's what the electronic, I guess, realm of the world has changed a lot of things. That's right. And, you know, for those of us who maybe haven't jumped into the electronic realm, we also have them printed, um, all the regulations, and they are available here at the Game and Fish office. You can call, we can mail it to you, whatever works best for you. Um, one thing that I want to remind people that are interested in going ice fishing, the North Platte Walleyes um, Unlimited actually have an ice fishing trailer that they love to take out to schools, to different organizations. So if you're like in a Boy Scout club or something and you guys want to go and learn about ice fishing, they are willing to do that. So if folks are interested in kind of learning a little bit more or if, you know, you're just an angler and, and want to you know, engage and learn from them, just reach out and, and they're there to help. And if you don't know how to get a hold of them, don't hesitate to get a hold of us and we'll put you in touch. Very good. Janet and Jeff, thank you so much. Now, Janet, stick around. We're going to bring Brandon Werner in and talk a little bit about hunting opportunities in minutes. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. And we are back. Thanks again for tuning in. We were talking ice fishing and safety because right now is a very great time to be out on ice and, and doing that fishing and safety comes first. And Janet, we're toward the late part of hunting seasons or early part of hunting seasons for 2024, if you want to look at it that way. But there's a lot of opportunities still here in Wyoming. That's right. So for those of you who maybe are not excited about standing on cold, frozen water and, and uh, enjoying the windblown hellhole that some of us know Wyoming can be this <laughs> of you, maybe you're looking for a little bit more cover out there. You know, there is still a lot of hunting opportunities that, that are going on. There's kind of, like you said, the late season or early season, depending on what you want to look at. And, and a lot of fun opportunities for kids. So we have with us this week, Brandon Werner, who is our Casper wildlife biologist. And um, Brandon just had a little baby girl. And so he is studying up to get her out in a few years on some fun things that he wants to be doing. And, and for those of you that enjoy small game hunting, I hear a rumor that rabbits might be on the uptick this year. And so um, 
<laughs> it might be true and it might not depending on where you hunt. And, and that comes from the fact that I actually saw one. And so <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking that that means they're, they're going up, but um, you know, some good opportunities for kids out there. Brandon, what are some of those opportunities? I, I know that we're talking either early season or late season, depending on uh, how you look at it. Typically the way that our seasons run, this would be later in the season and cottontail rabbit goes to March 1st. Great places to find these big dr brushy draws, sagebrush. And while you're out there, you could possibly run into some Hungarian partridge or gray partridge is the way it says in the regulation books. This year they go to February 28th for the first time. So there's opportunities you could run into both of those. Other things you can look for in the county would be uh, fox squirrels, or if you go up north or, or over west, there could be some chucker partridge out in the county as well. We've got to make sure that people understand you can't just go out and shoot these on a random whim. You have to be holding the proper license. For the most part, you need a, a small game license. If you have a game bird or small game license, if you, if you have a daily, you do not need a conservation stamp. But say if you buy an annual license, then make sure you have a conservation stamp as well. So I know that there are some other things. Uh, there is goose still in, in season at this point. So there there is opportunity to, to get out and, and do some hunting. And, and then we talked about ice fishing, you know, just a little while ago. So that's always a, a, a good possibility too. But you got to make sure that you're licensed for all of these. And Janet, one thing I want to make sure that people remember is these are 365 day licenses now. They're not year beginning to year end. That is absolutely right. And it, it is a thing that we changed to several years ago. You know, folks might remember um, in the old days, it was, you know, a calendar year. So you would purchase your license, let's say your fishing license for 2024, and you could you know, fish those days. So if you bought it in November, you only had a month left. If you bought it in January, you got the full year. But we did change that to 365. So from the day that you buy that license, so if you buy it in March, you have clear until that next March to be able to hunt on that, that license or fish on that license, as long as there is a season that's open and, and on and on with all of those other regulations that come in. Right. And which obviously, you know, game and fish, the reason that there are regulations is because you want to conserve, you want to make sure that, that everything is, is done properly and safety is a major concern too. All right, Brandon, real quick. I know it's very important and it's confusing when it comes to regulations and everything, but when it comes to a small game license, uh, at what age does a person need to have a license? At age 14 is when they need to have their own small game game bird license. Anybody younger than that needs to be accompanied by a license holder, but they need to have proof of hunter safety and they can fill out our hunter safety mentor program on our website. But if they're under the age of 14, all they need is a hunter safety certificate and they can also use our hunter safety mentor program that's on our website and go hunting with a licensed holder. You know, you just mentioned about a hunter education certificate. And can you break that down just a little bit and what people need to do to get that? You know, um, across the state, there are hunter safety or hunter education courses that are offered throughout the year. And those are often offered by our volunteer instructors. And as always, we are in need of those instructors. So if any of our listeners really have a passion for like working with kids, working with adults, kind of recruiting folks into the hunting um, lifestyle, 
uh, it is the perfect opportunity this year to get trained and start hosting some of those classes. Um, you know, we are having different trainings throughout the state, and I do recommend folks just get online. I know in Casper, in August, we're going to have one right here, and folks can come. We can train you up to be a hunter education instructor. And so, again, this is not to get your certificate to go hunt. This is to get your um, certificate to be a hunter ed teacher so you can host these classes and and work with different teams of people. You know, it's so, always so interesting when I sit through these classes with parents. Um, so many of them have, you know, a great set of ethics, a great outlook on things. And I would really encourage those folks to pass that information along. And so look into becoming a hunter education instructor. You can reach out and talk to us about it. You can get online and look at those dates that we're offering those trainings across the state and, and would really love to, to have a new cadre, a new group of folks kind of coming in to share their knowledge. How long do people need to set aside to take this course? So, you know, the, the initial training is typically a Thursday night, Friday, Saturday sort of a deal. And, you know, we actually host a hunter ed class at the same time. And so they can go through the training and see how we might teach a class as well as, you know, practice some of those skills themselves, but then they can set up the class um, however they like it when they get ready to teach. There are federal requirements about time that you need to be in the classroom because it is a legal certificate that people do get when they get their hunter education um, certificate, but it is such a great time um, to really, you know, learn some of these things and, and contribute back to the hunting community, especially our youth. And obviously, if people want more questions or have questions, need more info, they can get it from the website? Um, yes, they can absolutely get it from the website or so they can reach out to me. Um, just call the Casper Regional Office and I'm happy to help. Excellent. Brandon, Janet, we appreciate it. And we'll talk to you both next week right here on Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Brian Woodward from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports coming up. It's Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. It's Drew and Brian Woodward from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. Brian, it has been a pretty good start to the ice fishing year as uh, the first big tournament is gone, the icebreaker from Glendo, and I, I think things went pretty good there. Yeah, you know, we were really worried about uh, ice conditions down there because we had some open water uh, just, you know, days before, but that cold snap last week really uh, froze things up, and there was about 79 participants. Uh, there were some good fish caught, and uh, it was cold. I mean, it was, uh, shoot, I think the nights were minus 20, minus yeah. 30 in times, but uh, making ice the entire time, and uh, guys had fun, and I think it was a good event for everybody. So, obviously, if you went out fishing and you uh, got caught out in that extreme cold, we may not have another snap like that again, but it's always cold in Wyoming, especially when you're out on ice. Uh, a lot of folks probably came in to get their uh, their fish huts and, and heaters last week. Yeah, a lot of propane sales last week, and uh, Mr. Buddy heaters uh, was definitely popular. Uh, again, you know, socks, gloves, all, all that kind of stuff was uh was uh, pretty important to have on you last weekend. When uh, when people come in here to Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, one of the great parts about it is you have different levels. If someone's a, a new person, if they're in it, or you know, you're a legend, you've been doing this for a long time, you've got <laughs> all different levels of, of products and, and even baits to, to cover everyone. Yeah, you know, we're, we're getting ready this next weekend. Um, well, we're just finishing up uh, today's the last day of the Boys and Derby. 
and uh, seen a few results on that one. It looks like it's been pretty good. But uh, two weeks from now, we're going to have the big hog derby out there at Pathfinder. So, um, yeah, just being prepared for that one, whether you need to, you know, freshen up those tip-ups, those jigging rods. Um, we've got pretty much, you know, all, all kinds of different lures on the, on the bait side. You know, we've got the statewide minnows, real popular. And then we've got mealworms, maggots, and, of course, uh, night crawlers. So just about anything and everything. And, you know, once you catch the fish, you need to prepare them and eat them. And you've got all the different flavors of the seasonings and the, the grills and smokers that you need on uh, on all that. And, you know, we talk a lot about being prepared for things. And one thing, when I came in this week, I noticed there were a lot of guys that were back in the archery range. And they were back maybe getting their, their bows ready to go for, for the next little snapper yeah you know uh hoyt and matthews and bear uh the three major brands that we carry all announced their new bows for the year uh, a few weeks ago so we're starting to get those bows in we're getting special orders in for guys so we've got uh, quite a few new bows being sold and so you're seeing a lot of guys just uh, setting up those new bows for hunting season but at the same time the lost arrow archers is uh, having their paper leagues so um Thursday nights, uh, guys are in here shooting on the paper leagues, just tuning up on paper and uh, getting ready for their 3D uh, spring events. Which is kind of cool that uh, you guys have that to offer to anyone. Really, any, if you have a bow and you need to shoot it, you can come in. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a good, nice little pastime. You know, it's kind of, you know, what are you going to do for an hour or two on a, on a Sunday afternoon where you're not watching football or maybe a Saturday afternoon when there's really nothing going on? So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a good, cheap, e- easy entertainment and kind of just keeps your muscle memory fresh. So uh, when you hopefully draw tags this year, you know how to hit the field September 1st. Yeah, we're getting to the, you, you mentioned that about drawing the tags that uh, the end of the month and non-resident, your elk that's about out you gotta you gotta get that in over the next few days or you could miss out for for 2024 and i know a lot of things are are different and when uh when you guys think about what you've got coming up for the next year especially with over the counter and and general tag so i I mean it's looking like a lot less non-resident could be here this year yeah, I'm not really sure how that works out because I've, I've kind of seen some mixed reports. I mean, uh, there was a lot of you know, people, on, especially on Facebook, talking about the price increase. But I think that was for a special draw, not necessarily the regular quota uh, non-residents. So um, until I actually see numbers, I'm not really believing what I'm seeing on right. Facebook because there's plenty of people complaining about it. But um, I have a hard time believing that, you know, they've, they've cut the out-of-states, you know, that dr- dramatically than what people are thinking they are. Right. And, and then you get one person that starts uh, him hawing mm-hmm. on Facebook and not just on the Rocky Mountain page, but he's on the Game and Fish page. And right. then he's over on the Elk Hunters page and then wherever they'll let him keep going. And you get a lot of the uh, the keyboard warriors. And, yeah. you know, that's not good for anyone. Well, regardless, I'm really happy that I'm a resident and I get to, you know, uh, enjoy the uh, fruits of uh, our uh environment here and be able to go elk and deer hunting and and be part of that so 
um, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for, for all of us that are here. And, you know, that's, that's what I'm worried about right now. So <laughs> get out here and check them out at uh, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. Oh, and something else you got to remember is the ORV stickers and, and, and those state parks and parks, the registrations. Yeah. State parks is uh, definitely one that's kind of throwing people for a loop this year. You know, they went to this uh, reserve America site a couple years ago and everybody was him hawing about, you know, having to go on there. Well, the state parks now has a new uh, online system. So your old uh, platform profile no longer exists. You're going to have to create a new profile. Uh, you can just go online and do that, or you can come into the store. Uh, we have the passes here that we can sell you, um, but you're going to need that new uh, profile so that you can make reservations at all the state parks. So. Make sure that um, you're still. We're still in the early bird phase, so you still get a little bit of a discount if you come in now. Uh, and then, if you need ORVs or snowmobile passes, uh, make sure that you bring your uh, VIN numbers, make and model of the of the uh, item that you're going to the snowmobile or your ORV, and just to get yourself ready and prep for the season. Just take a big bite out of it, spend the money now, yeah. get it done, and don't worry about it. Uh, also, if you were ice fishing last year, you're going to have to make sure your fishing license is is legit because of the, the system there where, it, right. and, you know, the, the year in, year out. Yeah, if your first time on uh, fishing last year was uh, January last year, then make sure you double check your license because it expired the same time in January that you bought it last year the, they're they're now 365 they're not they don't expire on january 1st they expire 365 days from the day you purchased it so um double check make sure that you've got what you need so that you can have a good enjoyable weekend without getting hassled <laughs> <laughs> and why not just uh, get it out of the way and if you have any questions on it come here to the store and they'll get you all taken care of at rocky mountain discount sports it's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. It's Drew and Brian back, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And Brian, we were talking a little bit about uh, activities that you can do now, and that's you know snowmobiling or side by siding or getting out on the the trails. And uh, one thing that we didn't mention or haven't mentioned yet is coyote hunting. And we're to that point of year where some folks are out of their big game and they're just kind of him hawing around a little bit. Yeah, you know, that uh, coyote hunting is definitely a kind of a niche group of guys that uh, enjoy being out in the cold and chasing those critters down. But they've had uh, quite a few different uh, coyote competitions yeah. uh, last, you know, last month and a half or so. Uh, haven't been involved in any of those, but uh, pretty, pretty neat uh, group of guys and uh, pretty successful. And it's kind of neat to kind of follow them on some of the Facebook posts. Yeah, the one coming up next weekend is Dog Days Coyote Derby. It's in Laramie. And uh, and I know that it's a full weekend kind of deal. Everybody gets together and you have a good time. And if you, you love to get out and, and hunt coyotes, this is your thing. Yeah, you know, and I've, I've only done it a few times. It's not something I kind of do on my own. But, you know, I've got a couple of guys that uh, will ta let me tag along with them. And it, it is actually pretty cool. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of different techniques to it. And, um, you know, I don't think it's a real expensive hobby for a guy to get into. I mean, some guys do make it expensive. Yeah, you know, right. they got to have custom custom rifles and whatnot. But, you know, a guy can get out there with a, with a handful of calls and, you know, um, relatively inexpensive to kind of get started in what about ammo this time of year you and i have been talking a little bit about you know what the future of ammo looks like but now you're maybe going out with a 223 or 556 to, mm -hmm. to get the job done 
Yeah, you know, uh, I think probably one of the most uh, used calibers is like the 22-250 or 204. Um, but there's guys running 22 nozzlers and, I mean, a lot of that, even a 243 in a, in a lower grain weight, well, a bullet grain weight. So, really, you can kind of use just about whatever. I've got a 6.5 Creedmoor that uh, I'm going to run 95 grain uh, varmint rounds through. Uh, just so I, you know, can still utilize that my big game rifle or a bigger game rifle uh, to, to some of that fun plinking stuff. What I love about the, uh, you know, hunting for predators like the coyote is the fact that you don't have to have a license and you can use whatever. If you wanted to go out with a bow and arrow, you could go out with a bow. Or if you wanted to go out with a 50 cow, you go with a 50 cow. Right. Yeah. There's a, and a lot of guys will run a standard, you know, rifle caliber, like a, let's say a 2250, but then they'll pack along a shotgun as well. Mm. Because, you know, when they're running these calls, you know, sometimes those coyotes will come up from behind them and they'll, they'll be within, you know, 15, 20 feet from them and before they actually see them. So uh, a lot of guys will carry both with them. Um, so that's kind of, kind of interesting, you know, I don't know that I want to see one that close. but Yeah, right. I, I'll go with the uh, 50 to 100 yards away or right. 200 yards away. Yeah, now there's uh, there's there's even uh, some opportunity for running thermals. Um, now, I think there's there are some rules on BLM and state, and uh, you have to know which, which areas you can run the thermals. But uh, um, they, they have authorized the use, I think, on some BLM land now, where it used to be only on private land with uh, landowner's permission. We've seen some videos where, you know, because now you can get video of just about anything oh, and yeah. everything. And, mm-hmm. and to watch these thermals, I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where it, it's super cool to watch. Uh, you know, I don't really necessarily want to be out there in the cold anyways, and especially in the middle of the night, you yeah. know, I'd rather be sleeping. So, but uh, it is, it is, some of the videos are, are really cool to watch. And, you know, you see these guys shooting coyotes in between, uh, you know, cattle and, and other game. And it's like, well, it's kind of, kind of interesting. Like when you see the, these uh, coyotes being shot around a herd of uh, cows, you're like, oh, well, they're actually, you know, conservation's at its work right there, you know, keeping those coyotes from taking those calves as they drop on the ground and, or whatever the case is. So kind of neat. I, I think that, that people forget about that part of coyote hunting is people aren't out just to kill coyotes. They're out to kill coyotes because there are animals that are you know in jeopardy because of them they're they're predators there's they're a nuisance yeah i talked to one rancher here uh, just this morning and um you know they they were flying uh, there's a a couple wolves out uh in the natrona county area that um are you know tearing apart some of their cattle and uh these um, wolves tend to kind of tear them inside out like just to just to tear them up you know it's not just a kill it's 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 to kill to kill right and um so uh you know these ranchers lose a lot of a lot of their uh their income just through some of these predator animals and to you know be able to protect those i mean i'm okay with that there you hear um a lot of ranchers say you don't get into ranching for the money a lot of times because you know there's nickel and dime here and you know you got to be able to rob peter sometimes to pay paul but if you don't have a say in in anything and it's coyotes or wolves that are killing your livestock i mean that's that's a big chunk of money out of someone's pocket yeah i mean there's a ton of controversy right especially on the wolves you know when you start looking at uh elk herds you know 30 years ago before uh wolves were introduced into certain areas and you know it's like well 
you could be on either side of that fence, right? Well, we want to protect the wolves. We want to bring them back. And then you got the same guys that are saying, yeah, but your wolves are eating my, right. my, my elk. And, you know, populations have dropped dramatically. So uh, it's, I think it's got to be a balance of a little bit of balance of everything. But, uh, you know, I, I have no problem, especially in this area, in the Natrona County area. You know, they're all considered predators. So there's no license requirements um, for wolves. And, you know, if a guy has the opportunity to shoot a wolf uh, versus a elk during elk season, my guess is the guy's probably going to shoot the wolf. Yeah. Just because it's such a unique, you know, opportunity. Well, you know, in in Colorado, this has been a very recent issue where they released five wolves, mm-hmm. and within days, there are ranchers that are calling the. Uh, Colorado, you know, game and fish or, you know, the game department because they're in their livestock already within days. So, you know, I mean, this is, it's already becoming a problem and they were on the same way. You're like, you want to be good about the the wolves, but you also, this is your livelihood. Yeah. And I, you know, I just don't quite understand it all because, you know, when you're introducing these wolves, especially in a ranching community like that, I mean, these ranchers need to be, you know, subsidized for their losses. And obviously, they'd rather not lose their animal. They'd rather, you know, run the process of, you know, fattening that thing up and and send it to market and not just get reimbursed for whatever the game and fish is going to reimburse them for uh, the replacement cost. So I I don't know the answer, but, um, you know, around here, I mean, uh, the opportunity to to shoot one is seems like it's growing every year and there's a handful i think that the rancher i talked to this morning said there's been four or five that have been killed already um in the last few months that he's that he's known of so it seems that uh their presence is becoming a little more yeah and and when i got here you know asking around and talking to people and and that's been nearly three years ago now um but they're they were like nope we don't we don't have wolves anywhere close to to casper or in uh, toronto right. County. and uh, the next day i heard totally opposite of that mm-hmm. from a rancher and right. you know so i think there are people that maybe are in the dark a little bit yeah i mean and i mean no one spends as much time out outdoors on on their property than a rancher right you know you and i will spend our our time maybe doing a little scouting for our big game seasons or, um, you know, out on a fishing trip and driving out to wherever we're going. Yeah. But we just don't spend the time, like, sitting there and glassing. And especially these wolves, from you know, everything I'm hearing from different people that have hunted them, they have to be very uh, stealthy about how they're approaching these wolves because these wolves are so skittish and so smart that, you know, one missed shot, you're never going to see that that wolf again. Yeah, and you might not see him for weeks or weeks until I mean, it attacks another one of your your cows or yeah, something. So, yeah. well, you know, if you're interested in uh, predators and and you know getting out and doing some hunting, obviously make sure you check all the restrictions and see where you can go and see what you need to do and 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 know that you know it's it's a good thing to take care of some of these predators. Yeah, and I think, you know, it just gives you one more thing to do and, you know, between fishing seasons and big game seasons and, you know, football season is going to come to an end here pretty soon. So there's going to be a window of opportunity for what am I going to do today? And come on in and check them out here at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports for all your coyote hunting needs and make sure you've got it all before you get out in the field. That's going to do it for another show here on Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Back next week. Thanks again, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports and Brooks Companies. You can go check out brooksranchland.com for more details. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with Drew Kirby. If you have a question, want to make a comment, or have an idea for a show topic, message us on the My Country mobile app.
Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors.